This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You're listening to iFanboy Talksplode with Jamie S. Rich and Mike Norton, the creative team behind It Girl. Another edition of iFanboy Talks Blowed. My name is Ron Richards, and this time around, I'm talking with uh, writer Jamie S. Rich and artist Mike Norton, uh, who are the creative team behind It Girl, uh, coming soon from Image Comics. Uh, it Girl is a character st- uh, coming out of the Madman universe, uh, created by Mike Allred. And this uh, first issue marks a new ongoing series written by Rich and drawn by Mike Norton, uh, chronicling the adventures of It Girl while Madman and some of the other characters are out in space. Um, you might know Mike Norton from lots of his work, and he's been a longtime favorite artist of ours. And uh, I've also enjoyed Jamie S. Rich's uh, work at Oni and um, other publishers uh, over the years. Uh, really great guys, uh, clearly like working together. So let's uh, let's hear what they've got to say. I am here with the creative team behind It Girl. We got writer Jamie S. Rich. How you doing, Jamie? Very good. And superstar artist Mike Norton. Eisner nominated. Right, Eisner That's nominated awesome. Mike Norton. Oh, cool. I've, I've always wanted to be a superstar. <laughs> well, you've made it. Your time has come. <laughs> so, But we are here to talk about the uh, upcoming launch of your guy, the new book you guys are working together, uh, It Girl from Image Comics. Yep. So, um, so th- this is a Mike Allred property. This is a character coming out of the Mad Men universe. How did this project kind of come together? Uh, it kind of started as like a, almost a half joke. Like, I didn't ever really think Allred was going to go for it. And so in my head, I had been thinking about it, but I hadn't really ever brought it up until one time we were hanging out at the comic book shop. And, I mean, I always noted how well Mignola keeps the Hellboy universe going, even when he's not necessarily, like, writing and drawing it. 
And that was sort of my suggestion of like, well, you know, you're doing iZombie. Why don't you have your BPRD? And it sort of tumbled out of there. So, uh, and It Girl just seemed the natural choice out of the cast of who should sort of helm her own series. Cool. Yeah. Has anyone actually written any of All Red's Mad Men characters before? I know other people have drawn it, but has anybody else written it? There's been a couple of short stories, but short stories only. Uh, like his brother Lee wrote one, and there's like a story by Darwin Cook and Jay Bone in the last um, Madman Atomic series, and then actually Joel Jones and I did one in Madman Atomic Comics number sixteen. I can't remember if anybody did any shorts before that. Yeah, usually it was just uh, we we actually we, when we would do specials, we would occasionally would invite people to do like eight pagers on their own and that's really just been it nothing of this sort of length has been tackled before by other writers right and probably for those who don't know i mean jamie you've worked with mike for for a while now right yeah i became his editor of dark horse in like 96 or 97 uh and the first two books we did together were the superman madman hullabaloo and red rocket seven uh and and so after i left dark horse to go to oni we published the first couple of Madman trades that Kitchen Sink used to have and did some specials. And then he started self-publishing the Atomics, which I edited as well as a, on a freelance basis. And I've been editing all of the his non-DC Marvel work ever since. Cool. So it seems like of all candidates to kind of take a, a stab at writing something from the Mad Men universe, you were kind of ideal. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I have a pretty good working knowledge of everything, though. It was, it was interesting going back and reading comics that we published like 10, 12 years ago and reminding myself of things. And, and even so far, Mike Norton has asked questions that I'd never thought about. Like, uh, <laughs> the big one was, what's in Hit Girl's poster? <laughs> I always wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about it. I assumed she'd know before I. Yeah, I wanted to know before I drew her, but for this, I mean, I had to have her. I had their, you know, I had to know for this one. I was like, why? She, does she need them? Do I need to draw these? <laughs> so, so what's in the holster? It's like her, her carrying case. It's like her purse. Okay. <laughs> so I, actually, I think it's issue seven or eight that I drew somebody going through it and being like, what is all this crap? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, Jamie, you talked to Mike. You convinced him to do it. How did uh, Norton get it? Norton, how did you get involved in the project? Uh, Jamie asked me. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's simple. Yeah, I, You're not I, doing I, anything, are you? What do you? you I, some comics? Uh, it was right after San Diego last year, I think. It was. Uh, I mean, we were sitting around Trickster most of the time, and uh, we had talked about projects and what we were doing and stuff. And I, I think we were talking about we hadn't done anything together, and uh, and then. Um, Jamie uh, emailed me right after, and I, I, um, I didn't expect it was going to be a Madman thing. That was just kind of extra awesome. So, yeah, I'd uh, been sitting on the proposal and hadn't really had an artist for it, and hadn't even I don't think I'd pitched it to St- Eric Stevenson yet. Uh, so it just once the idea of having Mike Norton came around, it just seemed natural. So without without kind of inflating Mike's ego too much as he's on the podcast now, what was it about his art that made you think that he'd be a good fit? Well, he's just got such a sort of classic and clean illustration style that is very much in the sort of in the all right aesthetic. Uh, you, you can look at like a lot of the stuff that we've all right and I have done as far as who we've had as guests. You could probably guess a lot of what he's brought to the table versus 
like the weirder stuff that I brought along. Uh, like Renee French is still like my dream. Like I want her to do a Madman story. Um, but there's also like my general aesthetic tends to be these like really nice looking, well like just classic illustration, classic comic book inclines. Uh, I mean that's why I love Joel Jones. Uh, Tanchi Zonich was one I brought to All Red for our last special, who just has such a great Toth influence. And that's what I love about Mike stuff. It's clean. It's just, you can read it clearly with, and the action is really fantastic as well as all the acting. So yeah, it just was a win-win. So, so Mike, how does that feel to hear that analysis of your work? I'm I, well. <laughs> I, I I I don't. I it's awesome. I don't really. <laughs> I don't sit around and wait for people to say nice things about me. But it's super nice when they do. I uh, I'm I, I'm just super excited to do it. I. It, I mean, as as much as he said, I fit into the already aesthetic. I kind of, I mean, he was a big influence on me when I started drawing professionally. I mean, I had all these influences when I first started drawing, but when I started actually making comics for money, I mean, I, I, uh, right after Red Rocket Seven had come out, I, I met him at um, Wizard World Chicago and told him what a big deal he was and he got we got my signed red rocket uh seven comic and stuff like that but which i'm sure he doesn't remember at all but um yeah he's a huge influence this is kind of i mean i i I don't sit around and think about it too much or i probably would get really intimidated but it's uh well super exciting and that's one thing i'm curious because mike you and i have talked a lot about about your kind of art and the kind of the jobs you've been on and your kind of art style and you know you definitely have your own kind of mike norton style but you've also been able to flex that for each and every different project so as you approach this did you try to flex more in an all red direction or were you just like okay i'm just gonna do my thing and interpret it how i would it's funny it's funny about that because i mean i really have in the last couple of years um i mean I mean, most of my Marvel and DC work has been me trying to pretend to be somebody else and uh, kind of I've learned how to draw like myself along the way, kind of. I I keep what I want and then I, you know, get rid of the rest. But the funny thing about this is, you know, like, like I said, Allred was such a influence at the beginning as it was that, um, it's kind of like when I met uh, Joe Rubenstein, and he, you know, I worked with him on on uh, on Green Arrow, and I, when I first met him, is like I told him, I don't know if we work together so well because I learned how to draw comics from all the comics you inked. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a full circle thing. I like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm trying to draw like Mike. In it's just that he's already influenced me, so he kind of already made me draw the way that I draw. So I, uh, I feel like it's, it's already in that neighborhood anyway. It, it's all his fault either way, you know. So I, either I copy him to look more like him or I'm copying him because it's just the way I draw now. So. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. Like I always joke that I, it, I'm trying on my Mike Allred suit when I write these scripts, but it just, it just felt natural. I think yeah. it was actually when I was writing for he, for him, we did four pages in that the Liberty Comics annual I edited, and it was a Mr. Gum four pages, and it just was so easy to write, like and hear it in my head and see him drawing it that I feel like just 
playing with his toys is is just like I I'm, I'm, I've already been practicing for it somehow. Whereas like Norton, when I worked for Marvel and DC, I felt like I was trying to fit in, and I didn't really end up coming out of the experiences feeling like myself. Uh, and so this has been just the, one of the more freeing experiences. We, we've been having a blast, and the notes we get back are always just like, super cool! Yeah. That's all we yeah. get. Like, it's, it's like, like Batman you... writing the email. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's all you need. You're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how involved Mike has been with the project because you know I know we've seen some you know the big name creators when they kind of let other people play with their toys. I've you know some creators you know like Rob Liefeld's staying away from you know profit and all that stuff, letting them you know Brandon Graham and other guys go with it. Um, it sounds like all Red's involved in reviewing what you guys are doing. Or yeah, he's just digging it. Like I just keep sending it to him, and he just like like for him, I suppose it's like when I get pages from an artist to, like to see this stuff happening. It's just exciting for him. Uh, He feels flattered that we want to do it. And I know he's willing to give notes and rewrite because on the short Joel and I did, he tweaked a lot of the cadaver's dialogue. So I know he's not afraid of saying, like, this isn't exactly right. But so far, he's he's just been the best cheerleader. Cool. Yeah, I love his. I love his enthusiasm. Just a few times I've interviewed him and I've gotten to hang out with him. He's so enthusiastic. So I can only imagine what it's like to collaborate. He needs a hotline for like whenever someone's getting like sad on Twitter about <laughs> comics. Like they can call him and make them feel great about their career. <laughs> so, um, so with Mad Men being such a um, a kind of uh, indie kind of property, maybe not everybody kind of knows about it. So you know, kind of Jamie, can you kind of fill in folks who might not not know who It Girl is? Like who you know who is she? What is the premise? Where do we come into with uh, with the beginning of your guys' series? Well, old school Madman readers might remember that he started off having these nemeses in, in Snap City that were the mutant street beatniks. And they were street beatniks who'd been mutated by an alien goo in the first couple of issues. And they were always fighting with Madman. Uh, midway through the, the run, when Mike left Dark Horse and started self-publishing the Atomics, what he did was he took those characters and they realized that in addition, instead of just having been turned into sort of guys with really nasty skin... They actually had superpowers and were able to morph themselves. And so they became their own superhero team and started teaming up with Madman. And It Girl was the last I, to kind of join. Uh, she's the youngest. And her sister Lava Last was one of the original main characters. But she emerged through the series as a focal character. And so we've sort of picked up from that idea of she's the one who's sort of learning who she is learning how to, and, and making it about learning how to be a hero. Um, her power is she can touch anything and absorb its properties from like being able to touch a bird and grow feathers and wings to touching a rock and turning the stone. And so that's been a lot of fun just to sort of figure out what I can make her pick up and use. And so uh, while Madman and Mr. Gum and Metal Man, who's Big Girl's boyfriend, are in outer space touring with Red Rocket 7, we're focusing on the remaining atomics left back uh, on Earth. Cool. So, um, so, and what does the kind of cast of characters look like? Who's joining it, girl? Uh, the main two are, are Black Crystal and the Slug. And then there's a character that sort of merged in uh, Madman Atomic Comics named Carla, who we've hardly seen anything of yet. So we're, I'm kind of working on integrating her 
Uh, Dr. Flem is around. Doctor, she's basically going to replace a madman as uh, this mad scientist's gu- guinea pig. Like He sort of funds everything they do and gives them the place to live. So she starts becoming the focal point for his experiments or getting him things he needs. And so all of that cast, basically all the main cast that's left on Earth is going to return for this series. And, and then we'll create some characters of our own as well. Cool. So if you had to, you know, like, it's funny because I've always kind of struggled with Mad Men in terms of recommending it to people because, you know, I, I end up describing it as kind of, you know, like pop superhero comics and like kind of more modern kind of out there kind of takes. Are you keeping that same tone that's already been set with it? I mean, are, I mean, yes, it's superhero, but it's kind of out there, you know? Like, yeah, I would agree. My thing is, has always been that, that Mad Men seems to be a variety of things to different people yeah. depending on at which point they started reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cause like they started off really dark and twisted and then it got super poppy and then it got kind of philosophical and experimental and, uh, the atomic series itself was very straightforward silver age superhero comics. Yep. Um, and I know already was inspired a lot by Eric Larson and Savage Dragon, which is why they have that crossover in the middle of it. So that was the main tone I was going for. I wanted it just to be, uh, accessible superhero comics it, a good time adventure t- stories and something that anybody could pick up at any time. Like I think about when I used to go into Seven Eleven as a kid, I would just buy whatever was on the racks. And even if I'd never read, I think I think Alpha Flight. I think I started reading like issue eight or something and had no idea what I was getting into. But you just it sort of just sucks you in and it's inviting enough that you don't have to worry about this big back history. And and that's a big that's a big thing. I always I kind of harp not to get off of it, girl or Mad Men, but I harp on this one as we do our podcast and do the whole comic thing that we've been doing for these past you know years. Um, people always seem so hung up on you know where do I you know I can't buy a book when it's already out there or I don't know what happened before. And I feel like you know, like I did the same thing. I bought X Factor at issue like forty eight and I just went with it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. part part of the fun was talking with friends and going to the comic shop and finding out um, what had happened. Like, what happened to that? <laughs> you know? Like the preview they ran of It Girl in the Image Comics Free Comic Book Day had, I think, like two pages that tells you everything you need to know about who the skunk was and what that history was, and like that was it. That's all you really needed. And I tried to write it like you've never read the Atomic series before, right? And it's. I, and I think that's like a good approach for the whole thing. I, I think every few issues when we have a new story, anybody could just start right there. So, so Mike, you, you mentioned that you, you're a fan going back to Red Rock and Seven. Like what is Mad Men to you? I mean, is it uh, – did you – what period did you jump on in? Um, I came in and out like all through it. I mean the old Tundra stuff I picked up just because um, – I think I've said this in another interview, but I think that his character design, just the costume alone, was so iconic. I hadn't seen anything like that since, like, Steve Ditko, you know, comes came up with all of those characters, you know, like, uh, from for Charlton and for Marvel. But um, I had to pick it up, and it was weird, and it wasn't at all what I thought it would be, but it was so unique, you know. It, it, it It's not like anything else, that, especially at that time. And then it became um, not nostalgic, but much more like the Silver Age stuff like Jamie was talking about. And I enjoyed that. I think that was a good fit. Um, I'm, I, it was a little harder for me recently when it got more uh, trippy, you know. <laughs> um, but the characters, I mean, nobody 
makes such unique and weird characters like that, you know, right now. And I, I, um, so I, I, I keep my toe in it now. I haven't been, uh, regularly following it, but I pick it up every once in a while. And, uh, um, our, our series is much more, I, uh, I, I describe it narrative. It's much more narrative than Madman has been lately, you know? So it's much more of a, a comic book series, uh, uh, it's it's been really fun in that regard. I get to like he was um, describing the Savage Dragon thing. It's much more that sort of thing, and it's that that's tremendously appealing on my end. Right. Yeah. No. It's because I was going to ask you what kind of visual kind of what visual direction you were going in, and I, I wouldn't have expected narrative, but that totally makes sense. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's 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 a straight up comic book, and, yeah. and 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 this is this is the fun this is the fun part of my day. You know, I. Uh, I'm I'm drawing other comics and stuff, but most of those I'm I'm concentrating a lot more on the uh, the atmosphere and the you know I, what am I gonna do in the, on this page? It's gonna really freak somebody out or something like that. But in this, yeah, I'm doing some straight up superhero comics that are freaking fun to draw. Cool. So I mean, this is the fun part of my day. I'm, I say that this is because I'm drawing it right now while we're talking so <laughs> you multitasking so so yeah so i mean i i personally really love the last uh iteration of madman the really kind of experimental one uh-huh. um or you know if you're doing straight up complex telling you know but are you gonna are you work are you weaving in any of the postmodern kind of stuff in there or are you just gonna keep it pretty straight well i mean it's, it's a madman comic so i mean <laughs> i it can't not have some of that stuff yeah yeah, and uh, the the credo's kind of just been like anything goes. Yeah. So I mean, it, it there, Mike will Allred will do anything in a comic, and that's sort of how I've tried to approach it. Of like, if I can imagine it, let's do it. I mean, I know there's an issue coming up that stands alone that was sort of inspired by some of the issues he's done that are just straight action. Um, there was the one in Madman Atomic Comics, I think it was number nine, where it was all one giant panel. And the character—it was almost like an old Hanna Barbera animation background, where the characters were moving through one huge background, and every page, played end to end, was just one long storyboard. Um, and so we're not doing it quite to that degree, but just this <laughs> idea that you start at panel one, and there's a threat, and you carry it all the way through the through to the end, uh, was something that I tried to approach as well. But I don't—I don't think we can even get close to the experiments he did the last time around so let him do that yeah so so now in terms of um i think it's funny because it girl coming out at an interesting point because you know especially given in the world of comics um not many comics are fronted by a woman character by a female character you know like you know marvel's got no one uh, that's you know a solo book and DC's got Wonder Woman and Batwoman, a couple things like that. But how do you feel about, about introducing, not introducing, but bringing a strong fe- uh, female lead uh, to title a book? Luckily, I hadn't thought about it until we were far enough in. And I think it was Jennifer DeGuzman at Image, the first one to say it. Yep. And I was like, oh, I guess we are doing that. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I mean, probably because of all the people I work with. And I work with as many uh, women cartoonists as I do men. It sort of just seems natural to me that the cast is diverse. Um, I mean, Joel Jones and I are working on a series that has a a female lead. 
the book that I have with Natalie Norgat that I think Oni's going to be talking about in San Diego. Uh, we started off thinking of like what well, we want to have an equal cast. I mean, I'm, I'm serializing a novel online that's from a female point of view. So I, at this point, it's not even a question for me. It just kind of is what happens. Right. And a lot of your a lot of your past work has been similar in that. I mean, Nick, you've done a lot of the romance stuff and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just I like the ladies. <laughs> They're in the comments. <laughs> like I keep trying to, you know, I'm trying to throw as many as, so that the channel is Norton to draw sexier women. <laughs> well, I need to. I think. I think I need to. There's that girl in Balpug that doesn't wear any clothes, but yeah. <laughs> well, so Mike, has that been a challenge to to draw a book from a you know with a strong female lead or? Well, uh, it's, I've never really considered myself the best at drawing women, so I kind of uh, this is kind of forcing me to do that. Uh, Tim uh, Seely on our other book, um, he loves the ladies as well, so he had to go and make. The, the lead in that comic, a woman. Too. Well, actually, there are two women, so there's got to be uh, women all over the place. So I had to learn how to do it. And, and um, I think, uh, like Jamie was saying, I, I, I don't even really think about it. It's kind of a natural thing. But until you mentioned it, I didn't even realize that there weren't any. You know, it just doesn't even, I don't even think about it. So uh, I, that's kind of weird. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's super fun. There's a reason I made a mall, a naked woman, you know, in battle pug. I like, I like to draw women. Sure. <laughs> but it's not to sound pervy or anything, but I mean, most of the, the women cartoonists I work with usually end up drawing everything way sexier than it was written. Interesting. The classic always is in you have killed me. There's a, a point where in, in the script is described as like a two shot where you see the detective checking out the girl's legs, and Joel drew it as a, a the detective not in panel, and it's a butt shot. It's a very, very short skirt. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get crap for this. Like, they're going to play me. <laughs> but, like, a lot of the, the women I work with, they they love they, they love it when you have someone like Maul shows up. So... Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it works. Yeah. So, so have you guys worked together before this project, or...? No, this was the first time. This was like the the the, the thing. I, I when when Jamie was talking about doing stuff, I really didn't think it would be something like this. I I was expecting more of the stuff I had read from him in the past, more of a you know a slice of life, maybe even a romance kind of thing. But this was kind of uh, I think something new for both of well, more for him than me actually. Even so, yeah, I think I'm. I've seen to be the wild card in this scenario of people not. Or being more surprised that I'm doing this kind of story, um, and f- over the last couple of years, I've been trying more and more to experiment with genre. Uh, it was you have killed me that really changed my point of view, and that I can't. I was always a little scared of other genres because I didn't right. think I could measure up. And then I discovered, well, you can find yourself and your voice within these the the confines. Of exactly. Stories. Yeah. I mean that's that's a great point. I mean that's exactly what I was talking about with the you know working on all the other stuff I did at Marvel and DC and not knowing exactly how I drew. I mean, an aside. I mean, um, to, to to go on a tangent, but you know I find the same thing in uh, like Jamie McKelvey's art. You know where he had this thing where it was just he really excels at sort of you know quiet moment. Uh, 
personal, uh, you know, slice of life stuff. But now he's doing these these Marvel things, and he's being forced to draw action and stuff. And you don't think of him doing that, and he's gotten a whole lot better at that. And I think that's only going to make him better at drawing the other stuff too, because uh, I I think there was an issue of phonogram they put out after. Um, right after he started doing some Marvel stuff and, and it was, I could tell, you know, I could tell he is, he's, he's, he had gotten better at everything, not just the one thing he was really good at. And so, so have, I mean, so how many issues in on it girl are you guys on so far? I'm about, um, a little over halfway, uh, issue four. Well, yeah. So, so you've got you're in the groove of your four issues. Do you do you, have you guys looked back as issue ones, you know, about to come out and that sort of thing? Do you do you see a progression just in those four issues yet, or? Um, I don't know. I might be a little too close to it still. Yeah. I don't know if I notice. I hope that it's at least consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think I I don't know if I've seen like again. I'm super close to it too, and I'm seeing it in pretty rapid chunks as opposed to being able to step away from it um but i mean i feel like it just keeps getting it feels like it's getting better and better and more comfortable um i know from my from a writing standpoint it is i've written 11 scripts now yeah um so i'm deep into it but i i do feel like it just continues to feel more and more natural i think for both of us yeah Cool. So, so when you started working together, Mike, did you explain to Jamie how much you like to draw rubble and chain link fences and things like that to make sure they got the scripts? <laughs> the chain link fences. I think you're lying about that. I don't <laughs> think I ever said I like doing chain link fences. Uh, you, you said that before somewhere. I, <laughs> I remember you once complaining on one, one of your rants years ago about drawing chain link fences. Yeah, I don't like drawing them. Drawing horses, but nobody likes drawing horses. But uh, Joel does. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Nico once complained in Spell Checkers One. He's like, "Oh man, I can't draw any more lockers. Why does everything take place in oh, the lockers?" Are the worst. <laughs> and, then, and then the next book, I put it. I was like, "Okay, well, they're on the football stadium." He's like, "I don't ever want to draw bleachers ever again." Oh, Ble- bleachers are the worst. <laughs> oh man, you made me draw bleachers in the in the beginning of issue three, and I, I oh, there's there was the That's worst. Right. The NASCAR leader is the worst. Is it just, is it just the is it just the repetitive nature of drawing seats at the yeah? Seats at the it's seats, something that, the stuff that's uh, it's deceptively simple. I mean, it's one of those things where you just think about it and you're just like, oh, it's just stair steps. But then you draw it, and it's so easy when you get it wrong to notice. No. So you have it's it's so annoying. It's uh, it's it's not that it's super hard to draw, but it's super hard to draw convincingly. And lockers are the same way. It's just like these are just rectangles on a wall, but if you draw them wrong, they just look like rectangles on a wall, you know. So it's uh, it's it's kind of annoying. But writers, uh, yeah, writers are evil because we're just like, so there's a crowd scene here, and that's about as long as it takes oh, us to yeah. tell you there's a crowd scene. Well, well, right. J- well, Jamie, as a writer, do you like, and when you turn over the script, do you know that like, oh, he's gonna hate the scene because of this, or? <laughs> yeah, I've been teasing him for a couple of months because issue seven. It's like, so how are you drawing goats? <laughs> there's a herd of goats running through this. I really like drawing animals. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> I, I, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. We'll see. He'll ask him again after he's done. <laughs> well, and so, so what is – so, I mean, that kind of speaks to your guys' kind of process. So what is that, you know, like ha, ha, has the back and forth been? I mean, is it pretty much, you know, Jamie writes it, Mike, you draw it? Are you guys collaborating or how, you know, how tightly are you? Yeah. 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 It's uh, – it's – this is um, it's pretty much straightforward that way. I mean, this is you know Jamie 
writes the story and and I draw it. There's a couple of times where you know I'll rejigger the way a a a, a scene like is laid out or something like that. But other than that, I mean, uh, it's the division of labor is pretty much. Um, cut and dry I think there's this there's just one little bit in the uh, in the issue I'm doing now that's been pretty kind of pretty fun where we've he suggested something and I kind of just went with it and I, I think it's one of the funnier things we've done in the book so far so I uh, I'm, I'm eager for people to see that and see if they like it yeah see I try to leave some of the stuff open and say sort of give suggestions but let him design I know at one point I think I did ask if there was any kind of villains or things you wanted to say, and he gave the Mike Norton shrug that you've heard a couple times on this podcast. It's Mike Norton shrug, it's true. Um, <laughs> there's things like, uh, uh, what do you call it, impressions going around of me all over. But no, I, I tell this to writers all the time, and I, I think I told you this at, at, when we were at Trickster. I, I really... I like being surprised by the writer. I, it, it, it's like asking somebody what your favorite movie or your favorite song is when somebody asks you, what do you like drawing? And I'm just like, uh, I, I kind of just, I don't want to draw what I like drawing. I want you to surprise me and kind of like, I have to think about what I'm, I'm drawing. Um, Gail Simone was really good at that when, when we were doing Adam. She, I, I'd get a script and I was like, huh, wasn't expecting that. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh and that's why when I get the pages, I don't immediately run to my script and double check. Like I, I only pull out the script again when I'm checking to make sure everything made it into the lettering. Because yeah. sometimes they miss a balloon or whatever. Um, I usually just try try to look at every page that comes through fresh, and it's a surprise. It's often a surprise to me. The thing he's talking about at number four, I completely forgot about. <laughs> So suddenly I get these pages and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I remember like, oh, yeah, I asked for that. Well, I guess that, that level of surprise with each other's work is nice. That's good. It's, it doesn't, you don't want to get too close to it. It's nice that you're able to still enjoy it when after you've written it now, seen it drawn. It's like, oh, I love that part of this. Yeah. I mean, the longer I do comics, the more I like the collaborative nature of it. I mean, it's not like. Uh, you know, now I'm doing a lot more creator-owned stuff. You'd think that I'd be more in the nope. This is the way I want to do it. But I've, I, I like collaborating even more now. I like seeing how now that I'm, you know, especially now that I'm starting to write my own thing. I love seeing other people draw stuff. It, it's such, uh, I, 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 you know, to equate it back to the music thing. It's like it's why I, I you get tired of listening to your your own iTunes after a while, you want to listen to a programmed radio station or something just because you want to be surprised. So, Right. Cool. So, um, so kind of, you know, wrapping up the kind of it girl conversation. So, you know, if, you know, uh, Matt, you know, new number one issue kind of, you know, a character with a bit of a legacy, if there was one thing that you, you guys kind of wanted new readers to possibly take away from it, like what can they expect or what would you want them to know when they're making that decision, if they should pick it up or not? I would just like that for it girl to be their new favorite hero, male or female. Just you know, the, this is the character. I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah, I mean, I would say. I mean, yeah. If you're looking, in in, I hear this all the time on Twitter and Facebook and at comic conventions. If you're looking for a good, fun superhero, and especially a a 
a female protagonist like everybody complains that there isn't anymore, you should really pick up this book. I mean, because it's, it's got all of that, and it's, you know, it's well-written. I like to think it's well-drawn, but, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. yes, it's, it is. it's, uh, it's it's drawn, and I like to think it's well-written. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and it, and, and it's no, it, there's no doubt it's fun. I mean, I know it's fun. So I, I hope people will want to keep buying it and, you know, put their money where their mouth is as far as that goes. Yeah. And, I mean, and it, we're charging, you know, it's $3 an issue. It's, to, it's at the two ninety nine. It's 24 pages each issue of story and art. Like, yeah. every time. He makes me draw an extra two pages for everybody. <laughs> I never accepted when it became 22 pages. <laughs> so while Marvel and DC are contracting down to 20 and 18 pages, you guys are going up to 24. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Brian K. Vaughn and making like Fiona Staples draw, like what was it, an 80-page first issue? So I'm not that bad. It's two pages an issue. No, you're spreading it out over the whole series. Right. <laughs> Eventually, it'll be a little equal. Well, I, I think that's I think that's a great point, Mike, that you made. Is that you know a lot of people are complaining that the you know that there's nothing there's nothing new, or that they want something different, yeah. or whatever. And yet, you know, this is an example of something different, and give it a shot. So you know, yeah, I, that's I, what I'm, I'm trying to do that all this year is make the comics everybody's complaining that there aren't. So <laughs> if they don't buy them, well, I'm just going to be angry and go work <laughs> Marvel and DC again. Yeah, I was going to say your spirit hasn't been broken yet by them not buying them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so so that's a that's a kind of good segue. So Mike, how so when I heard that you were the ongoing artist for this, I kind of did a double take and I started adding up on one hand all the projects that you were associated with. <laughs> a lot of people do that, and I don't blame them. I think Jamie did that too. But I was like, you know, we should build in some some fail safe. And he's like, no, I got it. Like, ah, I think I think we're safe. He is so worried about me, and I know that he is, but it's okay. So uh, how, I under- is it, how is it okay? So what else are you working on, and what does your schedule look like? It's not as bad. It is bad, but it's not as bad as everybody thinks. Because, I mean, I, in some form or another, since I, st- when, since I was exclusive at DC, have worked on more than one project at a time. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to do two books a month. Now that's a kind of a standard, and I'm starting. it's starting to grind on me, but... Um, it's not as crazy as everybody thinks it is. So that's the the core that I'm doing is this and revival my other image series. Right. Um, there are other things, but those are here and there, and they're you know not as regular. And plus, there are other circumstances that I I have you know I'm not either, either not announced or not scheduled yet, just be, so that I can get this stuff done so it's not as terrible as everybody thinks that i'm, I'm not going to jump off a building or anything well it just, makes, that, it, it just makes me laugh because i remember do, and and i'm going a little per- personal and off the record but remember, i think last time i was in chicago we were hanging out and we were talking about your work and you're kind of like we we're talking about what 2012 is going to look like and you're like yeah no i don't know what i'm going to do and uh, you know like i got to figure out what i'm going to work on and now i'm just like yeah, six, six months stu- later yeah. it seems like you're full i feel <laughs> stupid about that stuff because i mean i do it it, it's an embarrassment of riches on my part. I'm very lucky to be, I guess, in demand as I am. But I, 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 uh, I don't know what to say about it. I'm just really thankful and appreciative that I get to do this stuff. And um, I just, I like making comics. It's all I really want to do. I don't like going out and drinking and doing, even though I do drink. But I don't. 
I don't like to party or, you know, I play video games and I draw. That's all I do. So I just want to make more comics. And um, I, you know, as long as my girlfriend doesn't get annoyed by it, I, I'm fine. So don't well, worry about me, everybody. Get off my back. Well, that, that was my reaction when you, when we, back when we had that conversation, I think last year, when I just laughed and I'm like, oh, you're going to be fine because I, you know, you, you've been one of our favorite artists for so long. And, and it's great, you know, like this is, it's great to see, you know, Revival coming out and now this coming out and all the Battle Pug kind of, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy creatively right now. And I, I really appreciate it when people say that about me. Thanks. Okay. The day Mike Norton can't get work is the day this industry needs to just stop yep. and go home. <laughs> so, so, so Battle Pug updates. He doesn't say this, but Battle Pug updates every Monday. Yeah, yeah, every Monday. It's going to be out the first Wednesday of July, so next week. Yeah. Mike Norton's The Curse comes out in October from Oni Press. Well, thank you. Well, geez. How you my agent now? Artists are terrible at plugging themselves. Well, I, I didn't know we were at that part yet. I didn't sure, talk. yeah. Well, so, so, you've got Revival come, uh, starts. When is that Revival? Revival, Revival comes out right, uh, I think it's the week after uh, Battle Pug. So it comes out the 11th or oh, So something. right in time for San Diego. Right in the week of San Diego it comes out, yeah. Yeah, it's good timing. Yeah, it's going to – it's uh, – it's, uh, July is the start of the snowball, so <laughs> from there on, it's like that scene in Indiana Jones, so i got to keep in front of the boulder. All right. All, right, um, all right, and Jamie, do you have any other projects that your girl coming up or that you can talk yeah, about? Yeah, I'm actually finishing up online. I've been serializing a novel that I wrote a while ago called Bobby Pins and Mary Janes, and it's uh, at bobbypinsandmaryjanes.com, and it's free. Uh, there's two more installments to go so if you jump on now you can pretty much get the whole thing uh it's a comic book it's a novel set in the comic book industry and uh has actual comic book script in it and the blog has all kinds of process stuff so that i guess the finishes up and is the beginning of my snowball in uh, august 8th is it girl in the atomics number one uh i have a project with natalie norgat at Oni Press that I believe is, like, we've talked about it, but I think it's finally officially going to be announced at San Diego. Cool. And that'll be this fall. And I have other projects with them, um, one with an artist named Dan Christensen that should be early 2013. Uh, I have a big, big project with Joelle Jones. Um, as soon as she's done with her book with Colin Bunn, she brought me a, a brilliant idea that she had had and we've been developing it together and we're going to be co-writing and she's going to be drawing uh and that's amazing yeah she's she's just gotten more and more phenomenal there's this thing that she sent me today that i i don't think i can talk about but it's just this amazing piece of design work that is i think going to be really really influential uh for her career um and so it's great working with her now too as she's sort of writing as well and and we're ex- the free exchange of ideas we're having because we live in the same town and we hang out all the time and uh it's been sort of a, such a fruitful collaboration well, and uh and then spellcheckers three so that's all going to be in the next 12 months or so yeah, I was gonna say that that's the one thing Jamie about your career that I've been impressed by is it seems that you you work with some great artists I have very high standards, I'd say. <laughs> I did, I, I'd always say as an editor, that was like the only thing you could really sort of give me credit for was that I had really good taste. 
uh, and hired the right people and let them do what they wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I don't hire artists slightly. Right. So, and but you settled for Mike, so that's... Thanks <laughs> for... I was just hoping to work with the other guys, with Crank and Alan Asalakwa. Yep. <laughs> stealing, stealing his the Battle Pug team. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're leveraging your Battle Pug crew, right, Mike? For your girl? Yeah, I take them. They're, it's like Entourage. I take them everywhere now. Nice. <laughs> Am I the only guy on the team without facial hair? What's that? Am I the only guy on this team that doesn't have facial hair? Um. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Theirs is a little less ridiculous than mine. But. <laughs> um, and so we forgot to mention where p- and people can find Battle Pug at BattlePug.com, right? Uh-huh. That is just a great character design. Isn't it? Are you are you fishing? Are you fishing for for credit? I mean, Jamie, weren't you impressed when he came out with Battle Bug? You're like, wow, that is just great. Well, anything pugs. Uh, Not like he designed a pug. It looked that funky for a long time. All right, I'll change. The, I'll change the header to Mike Norton and Ron Richards. Battle Thank you. No, we love. I love seeing the, the the wacky dumb idea that you and I joked about becoming the becoming a book. Like I, that's ama- It's amazing. So congratulations. Oh, I, yeah, you guys, you guys deserve credit. I mean, I put it on the website. I was like, the, it, they forced me to come up with something. <laughs> this is this is their fault. This is what this is what you get when I fanboy asked me to come up with something. But what no. I think. What I think is interesting is that we, we forced you to come up with something and then you ran with it and it's been like clockwork every week. You know? It's super – well, yeah, we haven't missed a week so far and I'm, I'm very, you know, knock on wood. But I, it's, uh, it, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done just because it has been so magical that way. I mean nothing has messed up. So I, I kind of feel like it must be the thing I was meant to do because, you know, it's been so easy, you know. Right. Yeah, I love it. Well, when it came out, I remember looking at it and thinking, it's like, geez, that's one of those million-dollar ideas right there. <laughs> like, so I'm, not, I'm not being facetious. It's like the same, there's a local guy here in Portland, and he's had it in DHP now, but Mike Russell does this thing, Sabertooth Vampire. And oh, yeah, I love that. I it love was the same thing. It's like, dude, you got to ride this one because it, <laughs> it, like, that's just one of those ideas that you hit only hit on every once in a while. It's <laughs> such awesome. a Easy con, easy to grasp concept. It's so much you could do with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I love it when people actually when you because you sit around the bar and you talk and you throw out ideas, but then actually sitting down and putting pen to paper and and how long have you, how long has it been going for Mike? It's been a year. It's been more than a year. Right? A little over a year now. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. But I mean that, that, that you know that comes from you know the guys in my studio are like that and you know I, you know Tim Seeley and all these guys. I mean they. No idea is wasted around these guys. It kind of teaches you how to conceptualize in a way. It's like it's a, it's like a it's a it's a course on conceptual design working in the studio. So those guys help me out a lot. Cool, awesome. So everybody should check out It Girl. Comes out in August from Image Comics, and I know I'm you know being a big Madman fan, I was it was already on my pull list, but I mean, I think it's definitely for, even if you've never read a Madman issue, I think you definitely, people should check it out, because clearly you guys are two great creators, so it's um, excited to see what comes out of it. Um, thanks. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. So thank you very much, Mike and Jamie. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Three, two. 
And a big thanks goes out to Jamie and Mike uh, for chatting with us about It Girl. You can, um, if you haven't already pre-ordered it from your retailer, do it. Um, it comes out this August, and you'll be able to add it to your pull list uh, come this August on ifanboy.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy and on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. And go to ifanboy.com for all the great articles, podcasts, and everything else that's going on in the world of comics. So until next time, enjoy your comics. Enjoy your comics.